3: Hello and welcome all you captive earth surfers, astral travelers, and ganja-loving canosaurs. This is The Grow Show on CannabisRadio.com and I am your host, Kyle Cushman. Today we are talking with a cannabis luminary who practically needs no introduction at all. He's known as SOMA. And he is an old-school cultivator and self-described cannabis genetic engineer, bringing home multiple Cannabis Cup awards for his legendary strains, which include NYC Diesel and Amnesia Haze, just to name a few. For Soma, cannabis isn't just a plant, it's a way of life. He believes that marijuana should be used as part of a greater holistic regimen, which includes a healthy diet, exercise, and spiritual care. It all started when he was a young man of just 18 years old, then an IBM employee, He was presented with the opportunity to puff a joint one day after work. As the stress he'd been feeling melted away, replaced by a sense of calmness and well-being, he soon began to realize that cannabis would be the conduit through which he would find his purpose. He began cultivating cannabis in 1971, first in southern Vermont and then on to Oregon. After a brush with the law and finding a safe haven in Amsterdam, the ganja capital of the world, he created Soma's Sacred Seeds, providing high-quality organic cannabis seeds to enterprising cultivators from all walks of life. He's an outspoken advocate and fixture in the cannabis community, attending Cannabis Cup events and lecturing on the multitude of benefits of the plant we all know and love. Please welcome my old friend, Soma.
4: Thank you so much. That was wonderful.
3: Well, you're wonderful, man. I mean, look at us. Here we are on a cannabis podcast talking about what we love. And, you know, we've, we've made a career out of this.
4: Yes, and we've watched all these changes happen through these decades.
3: We have, man. I mean, am I mistaken in thinking that we attended our first Cannabis Cup together?
4: We did, 1994.
3: Yeah. It was such a long time ago, man. Do you remember meeting up together in the green room at the High Times offices?
4: Oh, absolutely. Are you kidding? That was like a highlight. As far as an office experience, that 420 room in the High Times office was so memorable, I will <laughs> never forget it, never. I mean, that was the most, in Dutch, we have this word, it's called gezelic. <laughs> It means so cozy. That was the coziest office experience I have ever experienced to this very day. It was. You
3: know, I kind of remember, you know, we were both there to see somebody from the staff and they were all really busy and they just kind of left us to our own devices. And there we were, two cannabis cultivators showing off our wares to each other. and, And that's how we
4: met. Yes. And it was an inspiration for me to meet you also. Not just for you to meet me, but for me to meet you, it was an inspiration. And you really affected me back in those days. Oh, you still affect out. me now, watching you progress and expand and, like, like, become your own corporation, pretty much, you know? It's pretty, <laughs> pretty cool.
3: <laughs> I'm just trying to remain a positive influence, you know? Set a good example. Try to motivate some people. Try to pull some people out of the negative doldrums of what this ordinary box life can provide, you know, and show that there, you know, you can make your own way in this world. You can build your dream however you like it.
4: You really can. You really can. And all you need is a little bit of freedom, you know, the more freedom we can accumulate in this movement, the more miracles will just happen right in front of us.
3: You know, I often think, at least for myself anyways,
4: but, you know... Where would you and I be without High Times? I sure wouldn't be where I am now. (laughs) Thank God for High Times because High Times inspired me so much. Gave me that extra little push besides the push that I had in my own being. It gave me that extra little push to have the courage to show what cannabis was really about.
3: Yeah, absolutely, and I want to say another heartfelt condolences for the passing of one of my heroes, Michael Kennedy, last week.
4: Yeah, 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 I, I posted that on my Facebook page. I was really kind of shocked to hear that, but it happens to all of us sooner or later.
3: It does, and, and I'm really thankful that we had a, a bold line of a leader like that to guide the ship of High Times all these years. I remember when I first started, there were so many rumors, and I don't know if they were rumors, but there were just so many fears around about all the High Times phones were tapped and the government was constantly trying to put them out of business, and And I think Michael steered away a lot of that.
4: Yes, he was strong.
3: strong guy. Yeah. Let me ask you, do you miss the old days when the Amsterdam Cup was the only one in town?
4: Of course. I mean, like... When it comes to the end of November around here now, Uh it's almost like a ghost town in a way. If you're a person like me who's been to 20 cannabis high-times cannabis cups, you feel a vacuum. And it even tried to get filled a little bit this year, but it didn't get filled.
3: We have practically a cannabis cup almost every month now in the States here that's held by high-times. I know. Thank God.
4: Thank God, man. It's a wonderful thing. I hope it goes by monthly soon because... Because everybody's gonna start to legalize it soon. There's no question yeah. about it. The push is so strong right now with the facts that are coming out about how many different ailments and health concerns it, it alleviates. It's just mind blowing. Right. I I must put up ten posts every day on my Facebook page about how positive cannabis is in this way or that way or this way or that way or industrially, or medically, or recreationally. Just amazing.
3: Yeah, for the listeners out there, I wanna give a little more background. How long have you lived overseas, and why did you move there?
4: Okay, I've been living here since 1995, so I'm going on 21 years now. I moved here because when I came here in 94, to the first Cannabis Cup that you came to also, I saw a level of cannabis freedom here that I was unable to find any place on Earth at the time in 1994. Sure, undoubtedly. And that made me cry those tears of joy. Like, like I couldn't believe I was on the same planet.
3: I remember as, those tears as well.
4: I said to myself, okay, I just found a place where I think I can be myself a, a lot more. And now I have to figure out how I can move here and stay there. I took a whole year. I went back to America. I took a whole year and I figured out what I had to do to come here and stay here. And God, man, this place has been the most amazing vortex for me. I have grown so much here. Not only have I had two grandchildren born here, yeah, but I've even had my own little son born here. And it's going to be three years soon. And I'm telling you, this place is a great place to, to have a baby. Wow. The midwives here are so well-trained and so well-accepted that if you're going to have a baby, there's no place like having a baby in Holland. Even Don from DNA, Mm -hmm. he had two babies here lately because he knows how good it is to have a baby here. It's just amazing. It's an amazing place, amazingly healthy place to have a child.
3: You truly gave me chills talking about that, about
4: how wonderful it is and
3: what better reason to move there than to move anywhere. Because you
4: feel freer. Freer, and I'm telling you, this place is magical. It's been magical since the first day I set foot on on this soil, and it's never stopped being magical.
3: That's because you make it so, Soma. You're a magical person. You enhance the world around you. I know that to be a fact because that's what I felt when I was around you. And I miss you, man. I really, I got to get back there. I'm going to get back there, and we're going to have a a reunion really
4: soon. (laughs) That would be fun.
3: Would you ever consider moving back to the States should
4: federal legalization become a reality? Well, if the laws in America and the state of America and the economics of America and the equality of America – If it ever really got up to snuff, which I think it can, I really believe it can. I have in my deepest part of my heart, I believe that America can become great again. I really believe that it can, but it takes work. And what's happening in the cannabis section of America right now, whether it's Colorado, California, Washington, or Oregon, or Alaska, or any other place that's starting to really develop, like like Michigan or anywhere. It's it's like if that really, really keeps the momentum going, and I think it will. I don't know how it can stop. That alone, just like Jack Kerouac used to say, used to say, that alone could heal it up. Cannabis Absolutely. could heal it up. It really could heal it. Could heal up the economy. Look at Colorado. That's a good Absolutely. example of like. Like, does it affect the economy positively? Absolutely. There's no question at this point. There's no more testing that needs to be done. It's evident that, like, when you legalize cannabis and you put it into an economic situation, it absolutely creates jobs, creates opportunities, funds schools, funds hospitals, funds infrastructure. I mean, there's no end. To how cannabis can heal stuff if it's just allowed to be free,
3: and it, and it's not even the economic basis that's really most important. It's the social ramifications, don't you think? Uh, oh you my know. God! It teaches
4: you about sharing. Right. It teaches you so much about sharing, and the minute humans really grok the concept of sharing, oh, this planet becomes heaven. This it's planet going becomes to be, heaven. It, it's going
3: to be a renaissance of humankind.
4: Yes, and cannabis makes you so; it inspires you to be so creative. I mean, creativity is so needed on this planet right now. It's Absolutely. so flat, and some, and so like politically, it's so flat. Oh my God! I mean, like, add some cannabis into this mix, you, into you know, this political I have... mix, and then you're going to have some wondrous things happen. Wondrous things. I have a
3: kind of a silly dream. You know, we all know that political meetings and treaties have throughout history have all been signed over the clink of a glass, you know, the clink of a glass of whiskey. Let's salute to this. Can you imagine the day? Because I can. Can you imagine the day when two great world leaders decide, you know, they're talking and they can't come to an agreement and they decide, you know what, let's share a smoke. Let's share the peace pipe. Let's take a toke off of a joint. Can you imagine the commiserating
4: that could possibly happen after that? I really believe that stuff like that is going to happen. I do, too. I I mean, I don't just hope it. I believe it's going to happen. I can almost smell it like like bread in the oven. I can smell it about to come out of the oven, you know? So, you know, there's there's good and bad
3: with everything, right? Nothing is ever all good or all bad. No, uh, it's the yin-yang of life. Right, exactly. So, you know, specifically over where you're living, overseas, how would outright legalization of cannabis affect the local economies there, do you think?
4: Oh, my God. The economy here sucks these days. People are losing jobs, getting laid off left and right. People don't have enough money to, like, buy their groceries in a week. People are living paycheck to paycheck if they're lucky, if they have a job. And it's going down. I mean, like, if I go down the shopping street here in Amsterdam and I just take a walk, there's no cars on both sides of the street. There's stores. It's quiet. It's too quiet. It's so too you, quiet. So, it's too so quiet. I was that... just in a restaurant tonight. It was half empty. They're not going to be able to stay open if they stay half empty like that. Mm. But that's how it is these days. And if cannabis was legalized here, there'd be so many thousands of jobs. Nobody would be in a poverty situation. Everybody would be affluent. Everybody would have everything they need from the government down.
3: Well, listen, our segment just flew by and we have to take a quick break to show some serious Grow Show love to our sponsors. So uh, maybe take a deep breath, take a deep toke, and we'll be right back to talk some more with Soma. The Grow
2: Show with Kyle Cushman will return once we cultivate through this short commercial break.
5: Dr. Dabber, hurry, it's the Stoner Jesus Show podcast on cannabisradio.com and don't try to debate me on something.
2: Motherfucker, I can't do many things well,
5: but words are my shit. The Stoner Jesus Show live weeknights at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, or find the Stoner Jesus Show podcast on demand at cannabisradio.com and stonerjesus.net. Peace, bitches.
2: Time to plant some more conversational seeds. You're listening to The Grow Show with Kyle Gushman, only on CannabisRadio.com.
3: Hello and welcome back everybody to The Grow Show on CannabisRadio.com. We are speaking with cannabis luminary, dignitary, and hero of mine, Soma, in Amsterdam of Soma Sacred Seeds. So, you know, hey, it's mutual. So, you know, many of us if not all of us, agree that there is a spiritual component within the experience of consuming marijuana. And religions and now even churches or other places of cannabis-oriented worship are springing up across the United States. In your eyes, do those who feel that cannabis is a part of their serve the same protections and privileges of those who practice state-recognized forms of religion? Actually,
4: um, absolutely, because... I mean, think of a Catholic church. You go there, you do your sacrament, you do your wafer, you do your, your sip of wine, and like it's like very condoned and very accepted and very it's part of the spiritual experience of the Catholic Church.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean,
4: I'm not putting anything down. I'm just I'm just like expressing what I've noticed about cultures, you know. And, mm-hmm. and in that culture, when you do your wafer and you do your wine, you're doing part of Christ. Mm-hmm. You're actually like. Representing Christ in these material things. Well, While cannabis in the same way is even more of a representation of the Christ spirit or the spiritual place that humans are able to go to. Sure. In their hearts. For one thing, cannabis, anybody that smoked cannabis knows that it can really make you laugh sometimes. And laughter to me is one of the most spiritual experiences that happens (laughs) to a human. When you have a really great laugh, not a forced laugh, not Mm -hmm. a fake laugh, but a belly laugh that you can't put an end to, you Mm -hmm. can't stop it right away. When you experience a laugh like that, and it's connected to cannabis, and you're sitting around with a few friends, and you're having eye contact, and having laugh contact, that's one of the most spiritual experiences I know.
3: What a great perception, man! You have such a beautiful perception on the world, man. I could just—I can't wait till the next time we can sit around and talk for hours. I, I really, <laughs> I really
4: believe that good laughter can take away years of pain and suffering. Absolutely. Like having some really good laughter and being around my little son. If anybody has ever has a chance to be around a young child, you see how many times they laugh a day. (laughs) They laugh so much. They laugh so much that if you let it, it can be contagious and you can catch it. You can catch it from them. Sure. Well, you
3: know, sticking on the serious tip about the usefulness of cannabis, we know that cannabis has been used for thousands of years medicinally. So why do you think that we're just now starting to hear about, you know, these kinds of issues in the mainstream media of how helpful it is?
4: Because things like antibiotics, many things about Western medicine are failures, are failures. Mm -hmm. I mean, so it's like when people are ailing, people are sick, and they deal with stuff that's not working, the thing that they want the most is to find something that really works. Mm -hmm. Now everybody's figuring out that cannabis really works, and not just for one thing, for thousands of different things, thousands Mm -hmm. of different ailments, thousands of different industrial uses, This plant is the magical plant of Earth. This plant can transform the whole geography of this planet. I agree a hundred percent. And, you
3: know, you mentioned earlier, you know, in some cultures, it's acceptable for a young child to have a sip of wine at the dinner table with the family. Do you think there'll ever be a shift in the cultural attitude towards, and also we know that children can benefit from medicinal consumption of cannabis with autism and seizures and things like that. Do you think there'll ever be a shift in the culture attitude toward children's exposure to cannabis? Is that a good thing or a bad thing?
4: yes because like when you look at all the things on this earth that children get exposed to in this time that we're in there's so many negative things like on television there's so many negative food products there's so many negative lifestyle choices that are pushed on them the military industrial complex wants to grab all children and Push them that way towards the military-industrial complex. But (laughs) what has to really happen on this planet is the cannabis industrial complex. All right, a complex that teaches young children how to grow cannabis and farming techniques from a young age so that when they're teenagers, they're able to work on a cannabis farm because cannabis farms are going to pop up everywhere because they're going to have to pop up so that enough cannabis is supplied to do all these different things that we need it for. All right. So I I believe that the military-industrial complex is going to disintegrate and I hope fast, and I believe that it's going to be replaced with the Cannabis Industrial Complex, which is an Earth-friendly direction, and everything that the Military Industrial Complex does to make money, cannabis can make money better.
3: Wow. Wow, you know, I haven't stopped smiling since this interview started, and I have a feeling that this is translating out to uh, our listeners. We, again, we both know that the communal consumption of cannabis is a big benefit for humankind. And here's a question that I have not asked anybody. And I tend to avoid this type of questioning, but I really want to know what you think. Do you think that people should be encouraged
4: to smoke cannabis? Absolutely. Here's an example. When it's New Year's Eve here, almost everybody in the whole city is doing something with fireworks, lighting a firecracker or doing Roman candles or doing rockets or some part of it. But it's like for a good two or three hours at midnight, fireworks go off all over the city. I imagine that instead of everybody having a firework, everybody has a spliff. Mm -hmm. Everybody's lighting up and everybody's lighting up at the same time, just like on New Year's Eve and doing the fireworks, but everybody's lighting a spliff at the same time. And in my imagination I see everybody having those belly laughs. (laughs) Nobody's nobody's getting drunk. There's no beer bottles breaking on the street. There's just a few roaches that you a lot of roaches that you find on the side you know, in the gutter. But it's like those are biodegradable. That's though, right. And, you That's know, right. they're not going to cut you or anything. No. And so I imagine like one night like that where everybody's lighting up at the same time and every, the whole city's getting stoned instead of fireworks and instead of gunpowder in the air, wafting through the air. You smell the sweet cannabis wafting through the air. I imagine that and I'm having such a good time.
3: Hallelujah. Amen. I think we need to work on this together, my friend. (laughs) So I've I've got one more question before we have to break for the last segment, and that is, what do you feel is your mission in this life, Soma?
4: My mission in this life is to truly exist in my heart chakra. And every single thought, every single word, every single action that my being makes is emanating from my heart chakra from this loving space this caring space where there's total equality with me and every other human on this planet. I'm not better or worse than anybody.
3: No, but you are in my estimation you are a teacher of humankind. And that is just all encompassing and you've embraced being a human as whole and you spent your life becoming more human as you go along while Uh, a lot of our society becomes less human. And I want to thank you for that. You're a wonderful human being, my friend. We're running out of time on this segment again, and normally I would say goodbye, but Soma, you are such an incredible cultivator that we're going to keep you around for the last segment of the show, Ask Kyle. We're going to take questions from our listeners. And right now, we're going to take another quick break for our sponsors, but we'll be right back with Ask Kyle. The Grow Show with
2: Kyle Cushman will return once we cultivate through this short commercial break. with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com
5: Educator, author, and advocate, Dr. Mitch Earlywine is here to tackle the burning issues.
2: And I'm here to clear up the myths about cannabis. And burn them away with science.
5: CannabisRadio.com presents a no-holds-barred platform that seeks to redefine and revolutionize the entire scope of the cannabis culture while opening the door for more to join the cannabis crusade. Dr. Kevin Hill.
2: You can't ignore the fact that, like alcohol, most people who use don't have a problem. So I think that you need to think about policy in that way while educating
4: people properly about marijuana. I think that's the way to go
5: burning issues only on cannabisradio.com. time
2: to plant some more conversational seeds you're listening to the grow show with kyle gushman only on cannabisradio.com.
3: hello everybody and welcome back now it's time for the final segment of the show i like to call ask kyle where we take questions from our listeners and try to educate on how to be a better grower how to have a better growing experience and Wow, we have Soma with us for this segment today. So I'm going to read off some questions, Soma, and let's get your impression on what you think we can help these people out with. From Leon O on Facebook, he says, what's the best color for grow room walls
4: or is Mylar the ticket? What do you think about well, that? when I first started, I was using Mylar. Because that seemed like, wow, man, like, uh, like a mirror-like substance on the walls. That, what could be better than that? Mm-hmm. But what I've come to believe in the years that passed since then is that just white, just plain white on the walls is fine. Mm-hmm. You don't need any Absolutely. more than that. that. That reflects good enough. Absolutely. Good enough, and it's way easier than, and way less expensive than my lot.
3: I agree, and it's easier to clean. You can wash the walls, and reflected light is not really nearly as important as a lot of people think. It's that direct, intense light that. And that, the, the mylar
4: can also hurt your eyes because it, it can reflect the grow light right into your eyes while you're walking around the grow room, which isn't so much fun.
3: Cool. Let's see, we've got another one here from Massive OG. I'm almost at the end of veg and my plants are looking good, but a couple days ago I noticed some of my bottom leaves are starting to yellow. Is this normal? There's no yellowing in the new growth, but I think I might have a nitrogen deficiency. Could vegging under T5s be causing the yellowing?
4: Sometimes what I what I find with the yellowing is that the pH is off. So it's not really the lights, and it's not really where the plant is positioned, but it's the pH in the soil starts to get off like Like when it's getting close to flowering, if you haven't been watching your pH close enough and many weeks have gone by where you're not really watching your pH to the right pH where you should be watching it at, right at that point where it's like close to being finished, you see some trouble from the pH being off and the nutrients not getting to the plant in the right way.
3: Sure, yeah. You should definitely be monitoring the pH of the solution that you put in and maybe checking your runoff periodically as well. But I also think that since he is vegging under T5s, it could simply be that the plants are a little bit too tall and the lower leaves are yellowing because they're just simply not getting any photosynthesizing. They're not doing any
4: photosynthesizing. T5s, you mean like fluorescence? Exactly. Okay, okay. I didn't understand that. Yeah, Yeah, it's not enough light also, that's for sure. Like T5s are, fluorescents are fine for like vegging in uh, small plants, like before you're going to start to actually put them in a flowering room. But to actually do the whole thing under them, it's almost impossible.
3: Right. And you're going to lose some leaves and they're going to go yellow. We have another question here from Kyle D on Facebook. I have one girl ready to flower and I have two still vegging. I only have one hood and ballast set up. What would you guys suggest I do? Flip the big girl to flower and
4: harm the little ones or scrap the big girl? I would try and get some TLs, some fluorescents, and put the ones that are vegging under them. Right, exactly. (laughs) Try and get a little space where you can put some TLs for the vegging ones so you can keep them vegging a little bit and then flower the bigger ones.
3: Right, or you know you can also many times you can take a big one and cut it down fifty percent in height as long as it has some lower growth, and now you 'll have all your plants be the same size again, right
4: true, 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 and you can also super crop it instead of cutting it right, exactly, you
3: can bend you it, you bend can tie it, it yeah. down, yeah. lots of things you can do, okay, We have another question. From John K. via email, I've been following you for years and have been running the Vega Matrix since its release. The question, though, is between me and other growers, we find this line, the plants tend to yellow out early following the schedule, and the grow doesn't seem to help. Any advice? Well, the thing is, once your plants yellow and you're late in your cycle, it's really hard to get the green back into them.
4: No, you can't. You can't. It's too late.
3: Right. So, so my suggestion is that you keep the grow in the mix. You know, you've got your grow, bloom, and your boost. Keep the grow in the mix a little bit longer before you lower it. Treat it as if it was a sativa. A lot of times, I'll keep my level of grow, my level of nitrogen, the same as it was when I ended my veg cycle, all the way through the third or fourth
4: week of flowering. And Me that'll, too. Me yeah, too. Not just you, you know. because like I like to see that green as long as I can, that like really, you know, that the color green that, that when you look at it, you go, well, that's the right color green. That one, I want to keep that on my plants as long as possible. And that shine on the leaves, you know, when it has that right color green, the leaves have that kind of light shine on them. Mm -hmm. I want to keep that going as long as I can, because it always makes better buds for me.
3: Right. Certainly, at least until through the sixth week of flowering, you really would like to keep it completely healthy green because that means the plant is, is performing all of its biological functions And to it makes fullest. as many bud sites as possible that way. That's right. I think we might have time for one more quick question from Stephen G. via email. Once bud is in the jar and all cured, how long can I store it? Will it ever
4: go bad? Well, if you really wanted cure those buds, I mean, store those buds a long time, you want to put them in the freezer. You want to double seal them, vacuum seal them, and then, you know, in in that plastic bag that you can seal food with, you want to seal it, double seal it in those and put it in the freezer. And that way you can pull those buds out years later and they're almost exactly the way they were when you put them in there.
3: Well, there you go, guys. You've gotten grow advice from... My favorite grow guru, Soma. This has been a lot of fun. I'm going to have you back again. And thanks for doing the show, man. Before we sign off, can you uh, tell the people out there, give us a website or an email that people can send you information or questions if they want to talk to you?
4: Yes. SomaSeeds.eu
3: There you go. SomaSeeds.eu SomaSeeds.eu well, everybody, we are out of time and I just want to say if you want to submit your own questions for Ask Kyle, just send it to Diane, D-I-A-N-E, at kylecushman.com or you can go to our Facebook page, www.facebook.com slash show. You can tweet questions to at Canna Radio using hashtag show, And I want to thank Soma and our producers for making this show possible. Make sure to check out my website, kylecushman.com where you can find out where to follow me on social media and upcoming events I'll be attending. This Sunday I will be at the Cannabis Cup in San Bernardino speaking on Sunday at 3 o'clock. You can also find new episodes of The Grow Show every Wednesday by going to cannabisradio.com or subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host Kyle Cushman and as always stay lifted.
5: The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com.